Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everybody. It's Mark, just me, on the 90210 show. No Carol uh, this time. Because I'm here to tell you that back in 1994, we began watching, well, Carol began watching the 90210 show. And we talked about a few episodes at the end of season four. And now we are here to present you those episodes again. For those of you that missed it, it was on the regular the regular show, Massive Late Fee, which you can hear every week. <laughs> we, we did uh, some 90210 shows. I believe we did, I want to say like seven episodes towards the end of the season, six, seven episodes towards the end of the season. Those will all be presented here uh, today uh, as separate episodes, but they're all coming out at the same time. There are no real intros to the show, which is why we're recording this, to kind of let you know what's going on. Next week, we'll be back with the season premiere of Season 5, and we will continue our 90210 journey. But we wanted to kind of restore and preserve these episodes. As you'll hear, at first, it was just Carol talking about the show and sort of describing it to me. Then as we went along, we got more and more into it, which is why we started, ended up doing the show as a a separate thing. Uh, So here they are and enjoy. So now we are doing 90210. We're going to, we're going to go back into Carol's running editions of (laughs) keeping up with 90210. So what do you got, Carol? So, on this episode, it was actually a little deeper than uh, some of the episodes that we, we've seen so far here. Um, but starting out, it starts out with David learning to play the piano. Like, he's he's all into rock and, you know... Which one's David? He is dating Donna. Which one's Donna? Tori Spelling. <laughs> okay, Tori Spelling... Uh, Daughter of famed producer Aaron Spelling from Charlie's Angels. Right. So, you know, no nepotism there. Um, <laughs> she's a great actress. Uh, <laughs> she's fine. She's not a very good actress. She's fine. She was on Saved by the Bell, you know. Yes. She was Screech's girlfriend. Yeah, Violet. Yes. <laughs> it's funny you remember that. But anyway... So, yeah, okay, so so her boyfriend is the, what, Brian Austin Green? Is yes. that his name? Okay. All right, continue. Okay. He's so, taking piano lessons. Yeah, like, I guess he's majoring in, you know, music, and... Uh, Helpful to play the piano. His teacher told him to take lessons, so um, he goes in to see this, this piano teacher, and it turns out she's blind, which he seems kind of weirded out by, but whatever. There's some chemistry that starts to happen there. And, um, yeah, because she can't see his face. <laughs> He's a nice-looking guy. He's okay. He's no Ian Ziering. Oh, God. <laughs> <coughs> For sure. <clears throat> so, anyways, um, she actually comes to the house another time, and they're playing the piano together. And Oh, it's kind of a funny scene, because in walks uh, Kelly and Donna. Mm-hmm. And... Kelly comes over and introduces herself. That's Jenny Garth? Yes. And Tori Spelling? Yes. Okay. Tori Spelling hangs back. So everyone gets uh, peroxide poisoning when the two of them walk hey. in the room. Right? Stop being mean. All right, go ahead. Okay. 
So, anyway, she hangs back, and the lady actually has to ask, hey, didn't I hear somebody else come in? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my other roommate. Not my girlfriend, my other roommate. Wow. Yeah. Not introducing her as the girlfriend. That is bold. That's Yeah, so she was pretty offended. So, in the backdrop of the episode, there's this whole, like, calendar thing going on where the girls are trying to raise money by getting the guys to pose in their underwear for a calendar and what are they trying to raise five dollars <laughs> come on the only the only two that need to agree to this are luke perry and jason Priestley. well you know uh dylan luke perry's character does not agree yeah i i could i can't imagine that luke perry is too cool to agree to something like this but it's not just them it's like a, a bunch of guys in the college it's not just these particular guys but that's who they're going to feature because that's well, the tv show yeah of course um but yeah i mean they're they're really hesitant like uh originally brandon doesn't agree to do it either brandon is jason Priestley. yeah oh man you, you <laughs> no, lost your money makers there everyone maybe... get the irons <laughs> calendar no that's the thing though i he, he wants to be in it of course he does and they don't want him he's like the b-list they actually said that to him that is hilarious um so, I mean, Brandon does agree. And um, they all, they're all going to go film the thing. But in the meantime, before that, got to back it back up. <laughs> Brandon and um, Steve, Ian Ziering's character, are trying to, I don't remember where they were going, but the car breaks down. And they go into this coffee house to use the payphone. And it turns out to be a gay coffee house. And Brandon's fine. He's just like, hey, you know, let's get a coffee. We're waiting for the tow truck, whatever. Is that a thing? A Uh, gay coffee house? Apparently. I've never, I've heard of gay clubs, gay bars. Right. But a gay coffee house, I've never, never heard of that. Gay people who don't want to get drunk have to have somewhere to go? Yeah, I'm not, but the... Yes, gay people should be able to go anywhere they want to go. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, like, why does it always have to involve alcohol? I like the idea of having, you know, a well, place to go meet people. I think it's more for socialization. Yeah. To meet other gay men. Right. Because, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not gay because we're obviously, together. Obviously, yes. But I would assume, I would imagine that it would be difficult to be gay for obviously for many reasons. But one of the principal reasons, like let's say we, we lived in a magical world with no prejudice at all. Mm-hmm. It would still be kind of hard to be gay. Because how do you know who else is gay? You know, like if you're a guy, yeah. if you're a guy, and you see a guy that's attractive, if like if I now we're together, so I wouldn't do this. But if I'm walking down the street and I see an attractive woman, mm-hmm. I know I can hit on her. It could be that she's a lesbian, but she'll tell me right away. Statistically, you know, I'll be okay hitting hitting on her. Um, well, you won't because I'll hurt you. But... <laughs> you know what I mean. I know, but. But as a but if I were a gay man and I saw an attractive man walking down the street, is he gay? How do I know? You, there's you you well, have to. You know, it's like a this, guessing game. There's this gaydar thing people talk about. I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, what what's well, what sets that in motion? You know what you're talking about here, though. Kind of you know it feeds into what's happening next. So okay, okay. So they're in, they're, it's okay. spoilers, everyone. They're in the coffee house, and Steve sees the president of his fraternity. Mm. And um, the guy, like 
he he wasn't even going to acknowledge him, but then he saw him and he waved and they're like talking at the table about, oh, hey, there's Steve. I had no idea. So they assume he is gay. And he comes over and he's like, hey, you know, the car broke down. Like, he's And he's all, with another guy, yeah, too. Yeah, and he's with another guy. He's like, I'm not, I'm not gay. And like, Oh, so a lot of gay panic going on. Oh, yeah. Totally homophobic. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, it takes him a few minutes to convince them that he's not just being closeted, that he really isn't gay. It's kind of funny. But, so, I mean, right there, it's like, how do you know? Yeah. I mean, even in the, in, even in the coffee house, it was wrong. But, um, so, obviously, this guy is really popular. And successful is the president of a fraternity. Correct. And he does not want people to know that he's gay. And that's his choice. I don't think anyone should have to to be in the closet, but it's your choice to do that. Right. Now, you would think that, but Steve has a whole other idea. He's such a... I mean, I, I'm so disappointed in him in this episode. He's actually, like, debating, talking to Brandon about whether or not he should keep it a secret or whether he should tell the fraternity brothers because they, don't they have a right to know? That he's gay? Yeah. They live with him. That's that's what he's saying. You know, he, they live with him and, you know, they should know. Like, what, is he going to crawl in your bed at night? Yeah, that's that's what Ian Ziering needs to worry about, <laughs> is that gay men are going to, to climb all over him. He's lucky that they wrote that he has a girlfriend in the show. Right? So, he, um, now they're, they're okay, now we're going to go over to Donna. Donna is, like all the other girls, running around begging people to be in this calendar. And literally begging, guys. Nobody wants to do it. I, I think I would be flattered. Wouldn't you? I mean, if somebody wanted you to be in an underwear uh, calendar? Sure. I don't know. I don't know that I would do it, but I would be flattered to be asked. If Tori Spelling was on her knees in front of me... I don't begging, like this image. Be- ...begging me to be in a calendar, <laughs> then... Uh, no, Tori Spelling is. Uh, she's not. I don't find her attractive. Well, I mean, you know, on her knees. I mean, she does have a pretty big mouth. <laughs> she has a big nose too. I don't know that she could get. Well, actually, that would imply that I was small. Right. I'm not going to okay. go there. Anyway, so uh, let's keep it clean. Uh, would I be? Would I be flattered? Yeah, I'd be flattered to ask. Would I do it? I don't know. What do you think? Should I do it? If they asked me? If, if we're together, no. Okay. Well, then I guess I can't do it. Okay. So, she asks this huge, tall basketball player guy. And, um, you know, I Played guess... Played by... You don't know, do you? Omar... Sharif. What? <laughs> it's not Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif's a legendary actor from, like, the 50s. Epps. Is that who it is? Omar Epps. I didn't think... I No, 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 no. No? No, he was in... He was in Major League Two that we talked about last oh. week. It's the guy who was, he's been in. By the way, you're, you're letting everyone know now that you actually watched the show with me. He, he watched it with me, guys. Okay. I watched part of it. I did not see the whole episode. You loved it. But he has been in some movies and TV shows, and I can't think of where I've seen him. Was he on... I want to say he was on Amen or one of those shows. I don't know. I didn't recognize him from anywhere. So. But I can't. I, I know him. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. No. Yes. That's who he was. No, yes. He was from the Ghostbusters. What? Yeah. that is. Wasn't that the guy from the Ghostbusters? 
The guy that played Oh my god Ernie You're Hudson right. Ernie Hudson from the Ghostbusters. That's who it was. That's so weird, because in the Ghostbusters, he played a middle-aged man. Yeah, and he's playing a college guy. Right. Because black don't crack everyone. That's true. But, but yeah, he he kind of pulls it off, I guess, as a... He, he looks old to be a college student. Yeah. I will say that. But, yeah, it's Ernie Hudson. I knew I knew him. <laughs> okay. So, and then she makes, of course, the 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 innuendo that, you know big tall black guy is gonna have a big hmm. right she does yes yeah, so i didn't see that's this how, part that's how she's be starts off by saying well you know you'll you'll be the best uh endowed guy there or something like the best looking i don't remember because but, you're black right cause, well she didn't say it that way but yeah i mean that was the implication it's like you know that you've got nothing to worry about you're gonna be with all these other guys and all these white guys with tiny right. dicks <laughs> and he's like yeah you're right but i still don't know so, so he agrees? No. He perpetuates the stereotype? He didn't agree. Oh, oh, you mean agree with the... Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did agree with that. But he says the only way he'll do it is she goes on a date with him. Oh, okay. Now, this is immediately following her being dissed by her boyfriend in their own home. Okay. So, you know, she says, well, you know I have a boyfriend. You know, you know, and he, she's like, you've got to be kidding. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was just, just joking. And... Um, but she ends up actually agreeing okay. as friends. To go on a date as friends. Right. That always works out. So then um, now all these guys are getting together to do the calendar. And Steve, the asshole, complete asshole that he is, they start teasing him and saying he's gay. Just randomly, because why do guys do that, by the way? Um... <laughs> Yeah, speak, speak to that. Why do guys tease each other about being gay? I don't know. I mean, they're all in their underwear, getting ready to have their pictures taken, and they're like, oh, nice set of underpants you picked out there. And it's like all of you are in the same freaking boat. I think it's fear, probably. No one wants, no one wants to, no one wants anyone to think that they're gay. Why? Why does it matter so much? I mean, it matters so much more to guys than girls. Like, I don't care if somebody thinks I'm a lesbian. Because, I think because just guy, there, I believe it's, it's very stereotypical. I am not like this, just to let everyone know. But, because I don't care. I, and as far as I'm concerned, whoever you sleep with, I don't, I don't care. It's none of my business. I don't care if you sleep with a girl, a guy, doesn't Donkey. matter. Donkey. Doesn't well. Doesn't matter to me. I see. We need to be careful when we start equating homosexuality to bestiality. Well, no, I'm, I mean, it's just when you say you don't care, I don't know that. What you do behind closed doors is none of my business, and I don't care. That's that's my point of view. Right. I look at people as as far as that goes. I look at people as just are you a nice person? That's all I. I that's all I care about is how is how you present yourself and how you you know how you treat other people. Right. I mean. What you do behind closed doors, unless it's with me, doesn't affect me, so why should I care? Correct. But anyway, so I think that there there are stereotypes of gay men being less than men. Being sissies, being, you know, things like that. Okay. And I think that guys with the testosterone, especially around that age in college, they... They have this idea of, I don't want to be labeled as less than a man. You know, okay. I'm a man kind of thing. 
And I think that's what it is. And so I think the reason that they tease each other about that is one, it's an easy thing to tease somebody about. And two, it's, it's a fear thing where it's like, I don't want to be labeled this. It's projection. Right. Kind of, you know, and I think you will find that sometimes the ones that do it the hardest actually are. Right. You can kind of tell when it goes from lighthearted jibes to full on psychological problems. Uh, And those are the ones that I always have a like, do you have some thoughts that you are afraid of that you're projecting on on everyone else at this point? Uh, So, yeah, I think I think that's a big part of the reason why. And I think men have a tendency to not see we're conditioned to suppress anything that is sort of sweet and cuddly and those like those kind Aww, of a, but I like your cuddly. Those those kind of emotions, you know, were were like uh like if you see a, a puppy, you know, you can't be like, Oh, it's a cute puppy you know, it's stuff like that. Because, you know, one of your friends is gonna be like, Oh fag you know something you know, that's that's how it will go. So if anyone shows any kind like if a guy shows emotion at all to another guy, a lot of times that's how it's met. It's met with uh get out of here queer you know stuff like that wow yeah that's it's just it's a weird psychological thing but guys suppress a lot of guys do i mean it's changing it's the 90s it's it's changing now but you know that's for the longest time that's what we've been conditioned to do is repress all those emotions sounds like it's hard to be a guy it can be um i mean i I think it's hard to be a girl too i think it's different ways i think it's hard you know it's just hard to be a person (laughs) right um, so, okay, so they're all making fun of him, and he says, oh, you guys should be looking closer to home or something like that. You're looking at the wrong guy, and and ends up telling them. He ends up outing their president. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's when the episode takes a really dark turn. First of all, they all walk out of this shoot, this camera shoot, so they're not even doing the calendar now. Why? Because one of them's gay. Okay. So dumb. Well, they don't want they don't want them to see them in just their underwear. I guess. And because uh, you know, every gay man that sees a guy in its under his underwear just starts salivating. Right. That's uh, they're animals. Uh, you know, that's 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 the thought process. So yeah, and then and then Steve tells him like they run into each other because you know he's coming to come do the shoot and he tells him what he did. And, of course, he's pissed. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. He's because like, you, know, he you ruined my life. violated his trust and uh, and uh, let out a secret about him that he didn't want revealed to everybody. And, you know, yeah, that's terrible. And apparently, and again, you know, I haven't been watching for a while, so I missed out on this, but there was something where, like, Steve was in trouble and they were talking about kicking him out and this guy had stood up for him. Okay. So now he's caused him all this problem. Real nice, Ian Searing. Right. You you have a horrible name, an ugly face, and apparently an ugly <laughs> You're personality. So mean. God. If this tape ever gets to Ian Ziering, I think that he'll just send us an envelope of tears. <laughs> You're terrible. Um Yeah, they, and then like Steve gets home and sees what they've done to this poor guy. Mm-hmm. What'd they do to him? They painted his room pink. Oh, there you go. See, that's another one of the... That's what I'm talking about with the the stereotyping. And, and by the way, uh, 
<clears throat> as I said, all that is stereotypes. I have met gay people in my time. We have a, a city, Royal Oak, that's close to us. That's that's fairly uh, homosexual friendly, and I've met many gay gay men in my time uh, on this earth. I guess. And there are guys. You talk about this gaydar thing. There are guys that that are they're just guys. You know, they happen to their sexual orientation happens to be that they like other men, but you'd never know. They they can be as you know, quote unquote, butch or as stereotypically masculine as anyone else. Right. And you know, they don't. They don't. Not there. There are some gay people that I mean, the stereotypes come from somewhere. So there are some gay people, and I assume that it's genetic, that have the the more lilting high voice or, you know, things like that. Things that are stereotypical for gay men. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I believe it's probably genetic because I believe that homosexuality is something you're born with. Yeah. So, so I think that the reason that happens it, to a certain percentage of the gay population is a genetic thing. Some some might be an affectation, uh, sort of like a calling card almost. Like we were talking about, it's hard to tell. Yeah. They, the, some of them might play it up to to be like because they want you to yeah know. because they want you to know this is who I am kind of thing, which also is fine. But so there are, there's a certain percentage that's like that, but there's also a large percentage that you'd never be able to tell because they're just normal dudes. Right, and that was the case with this this guy. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, he's packing to leave and, you know, Steve's trying to, you know, tell him to stay and he'll support him and stuff. And he basically like, yeah, whatever. So he's trying, he's trying to, to get back in his good graces now because he feels like shit over the stupid thing that he did at a photo shoot. Yeah. So then, um, now we're going to go back to Donna and David's house. This is hilarious where this guy shows up at their door and David lets him in. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, Kelly's not here or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm here for Donna. What? You know? <laughs> Can you imagine some guy just showed up to take me on a date? Yeah, that would be weird. And then, oh, when he said he was there for Donna first, he's like, oh, yeah, about the calendar. You know, I know she wants to talk to you about the calendar. And he brings flowers out from on his back and gives them to her when she walks out. And he's like, what is happening? Right. Oh, uh, So, you know, and the thing is, you can tell he really likes her. And um, she's just thinking this was all nothing. And I was I was kind of irritated at this point. They go outside and she's like, oh, you know, thanks so much. That was great. I appreciate it. Like, she's just trying to, like, blow him off now. To not actually go on the right. date? Like, it was all just a joke. And she's like, I'm sure you have, you know, big plans on a Friday night. And he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> with You know, like with her. Right. So he ends up taking her bowling and... Um, I mean, he does actually, in the end, talk her into forgiving David. That's such a... It's so weird that that's become a thing. What? Bowling. But that's a very that's a very popular thing to do right now I love for bowling. dates is to go bowling. Yeah, I know you love bowling. We sometimes we need the bumpers. Hey. Goes bowling. I'm no good at it, but I like it. You know when we go, um sometimes like I just I try to get 42 cuz that's the only way I can win. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, because that's the answer to life, the universe and everything. Exactly. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a deep cut for any of you that are fans of a book series out there. But anyway, um, the thing is, is that I, I think it's weird. Why do you think bowling is so popular as 
a recreation. Well, as a recreation in general or for a date? Both. Because in general, the reason I like to go is because we go with a big group of people and I like to socialize while we're doing it. It's just something to do while you're hanging out. For me, sometimes getting up to throw the ball is actually annoying because I'm having a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that's that's part of it. It's something that you can do that doesn't require a ton of time and focus with people so you can still socialize. Plus, you can smoke and drink in there. Exactly. Um, no, um, mom. Uh, if you hear this, I mean, we don't do that, but... We haven't um, found a bowling alley that doesn't card. Well, yeah. <laughs> we don't smoke at all, of course. Um, but then for dating, I mean, you know, you get a good look at each other's backside, and, you know, there's the whole, let me help you with that. I mean, it's the same thing with playing pool. Yeah, or, or miniature golf. Right. Any, any kind of sports dates, you know, lend themselves to, to looking and touching. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Okay, so uh, he feels her up at bowling. <laughs> oh, that doesn't happen? Well, we don't actually see them bowling. I'm assuming that because he does talk her into forgiving David. Yeah, the it, it's funny the the story that he tells. This is actually, this is part of the show that I saw. And this is, it's very, it's a very well-written, like, little monologue that he gives. But he he talks about a story about how he, you know, he would date these girls. He plays basketball for the school. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many years of eligibility he's burned through at this point. He must have had about 15 red shirts. But, uh, yeah, sports people will get that joke. But anyway, so he plays basketball for the school. And he loves basketball so much. And he talks about the girlfriends that he would have. And... He said they'd go out on a date, they'd start talking about themselves, he'd start talking about basketball, they'd get bored, and then they'd start to think that basketball was more important to him than they were. And he he was saying that what they didn't understand is that basketball was a big part of his life, he loved it, and he wanted to share it with, with them. And they just felt intimidated that that because he loved basketball so much he couldn't also love them and that's kind of the the gist of his story i can't remember exactly the the wording that he that he gave but tori spelling only because it's written in the script not because she could actually figure this out Mm -hmm. figures out that he's talking about her and her boyfriend yeah, because David's, you know, big love is is music, and this piano teacher is just an extension of that, which actually comes up between her and David, because, you know, they're working together, and he kind of makes a little bit of a play. And she's like, no, you're in love with my music, not me. Which, you know, I can see how that could happen. So, in the I end... I suppose. So, in the end, you know, they, they come back together, and, you know, he, he struck out, and she didn't do anything with this other guy so yeah it's the most heartwarming love story in uh 90210 <laughs> history uh boyfriend gets rejected to for cheating by another girl uh other girl is clueless that this guy wants to be with her and they end up together right it's kind of sad um so and then to wrap up the other side story i mean the other main story um so steve 
goes to the um, what do they call it? It was like a hearing or something like. Yeah, it's a meeting of this fraternity. Yeah, and he, all the quote unquote. I know. I, I I am not going to join a fraternity. I think fraternities are kind of dumb. Yeah. To to, to put it agreed to put it bluntly, but anyway, the, all the quote unquote brothers right. get together to meet to discuss this this guy's sexuality. Yeah, and and whether or not they should kick him out because he's gay. And and they actually bring up the point of they can't kick somebody out for race. And and they're like, "Well, we're not talking about race. We're talking about sexuality. Like, why should that be different?" The one guy, the 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 leader of the mob, is right. what I'm going to call it, talks about how what are we, you know, we're going to be labeled a gay fraternity. What kind of parties are we going to be able to have? What kind of sororities are we going to get to be able to come over here if we're the gay fraternity? What about our alumni? <clears throat> what are they going to think if uh, we turn into the gay fraternity? They're not going to want to financially support us anymore, and we need the the alumni's support and, and, and all this this kind of stuff. Because they've got one gay guy in their fraternity, they're now going to be the gay fraternity. By the way... Uh, I don't know if there are gay fraternities out there or not. I will say this, though. I'll, I'll bet you in reality, he's not the only gay guy in any fraternity right? on that campus. I bet he's not even the only gay guy in that fraternity. Yeah, depending on how many people are in it. Well, it looked like a good amount of people in that room. Yeah. So, in the end, you know, Steve makes, you know... A big speech and you know says you know who's with me I second you know I I motion for him to stay and somebody seconds it and then they all end up clapping and standing up and and the one asshole who is leading it is kind of left looking like a dick and he leaves he leaves the fraternity rather than be in the same room with a gay guy so he's probably gay he's something I'll tell you that much he's either he's either gay and afraid of it, or the most horrible asshole that's ever lived. Yeah. One of the two. I will say, uh, Ian Ziering, like you said, gives an impassioned speech about race and other other members that broke barriers and things like that. Uh, I wish it had been written a little bit better. I, I feel like, you know, in Star Trek, they used to, the next generation... With John Luke Picard, they used to he would give this a lot of the episodes would end with or climax with his speech and he'd give some impassioned speech about fairness and equality and stuff like that. I'm thinking of a, a specific episode with the the Android data called Measure of a Man where he he argues about he talks about slavery mm-hmm. and stuff like that and it's it's incredibly well written a very very good speech this speech was fine but i feel like they could have it could have made more of an emotional impact yeah i mean it it definitely could have been better but again they're college students so they're not going to be the most eloquent that's true um <clears throat> but girls the best part of the episode is at the very end when they do the uh, they finally do the calendar and you get to see all the guys in their swimsuits and underwear and boxer shorts yeah. and stuff. But you can't see anything. You know what's hilarious? You can't is see any. The one that prints. I want to see the most is wearing a freaking wetsuit with what, a with what, a with a surfboard. Was it Priestley? No. Who Luke was Perry. it? Oh, Luke Perry actually did, agreed to do it then. Yeah, in the end he did. 
Because they needed him because that one guy walked off. Because Luke Perry is who I was thinking, but uh, that you'd want to see, yeah. but I thought that he wasn't going to do it. Oh. I didn't really watch the cat. I didn't watch the calendar thing at the end because I'm not gay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in the end, it was all happy, but it was a it was a pretty emotional hour. 